When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hey, oh, Bunk Funkers. Hey, thanks for being here, and thanks for being great. Uh, Andy, we, I mean, let's just say it, we've got a very special episode today, don't we? Uh, This is um, an incredibly special episode because we have uh, a great topic. Uh, that's suggested by a bunk funker. Yeah. We have uh, a great bunker sighting. Oh, yeah. Sent into us by a bunk funker. Uh-huh. And we have two luminaries as our guests today. They're so Titans. Titans. Uh, of all things. And they're joining us today, instantly raising the uh, level of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Which will no doubt, I mean, quickly be squandered by the two of us That's when right. they leave. Um, you bring them and you combine it with us and we, we get about a C average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's and that's them A plus and us F minus. That's right. Uh, well, let's not delay it any further here, Andy. Of course, today we're talking about the Rendlesham Forest. You Rendlesham guess. Forest from Suffolk in England. That's right. It was, <laughs> it was suggested to us by... Chris, yes, a loyal bunk bunker. Chris on Instagram. Chris, thanks for the topic. Thanks for the topic, Chris. Um, <laughs> Rendlesham is considered the UK's Roswell. It's a big one. This is one of the uh, premier UK UFO encounter right. stories. Um, if you know UFOs, you probably heard of Rendlesham Forest. And if you know podcasts... You probably have heard of Hysteria 51. Yeah, 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 and that's our off. guest today is John and Brent of Hysteria 51. Mm-hmm. And graciously, we might have had to slip them and C-Bot some money. But eventually, we worked out a deal where they agreed to come on our show. Look, whatever we had to do is between us and them. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't right. concern you. Whoever had to take off whose pants and whoever struggled with whose belt buckles 
You know, that's between us. It doesn't matter. What happens in a hotel room stays in a hotel room. It was a motel, but yeah, sure. Okay, whatever <laughs> happens in a motel, a seedy motel. All right, you got it. It was the back room of a gas station. Okay, whatever happens in a gas station bathroom, when they give you that key with a huge wood block attached to it, that's your private room. That's your sanctuary. So speaking of private rooms, why don't, if you want to go get a private room and listen to the research with History 51 and then our, our discussion of the case together, Go ahead and do it. Uh, you can look in the show notes. Look in the episode description. You'll find a timestamp where you can skip right to it. They, uh, they, they'll be joining us a little later after this intro portion. But you should probably stick around because, like Andy said, we got a great bunker sighting today. Oh, my God. Do we ever have a good bunker sighting today? Um, you know, bunk funkers, y'all know this. Y'all are aware. Y'all are aware that during the times of COVID, uh, Mr. Bunker, while everyone else has stayed at home, he's done the exact opposite. That's right. Uh, traveling to Wuhan in China very early on to get infected with the coronavirus. And then he's traveled the world and beyond uh, throughout. And he's continued to do that um, even as, um, you know, some of the restrictions have been lifted and all, et cetera, et cetera. Right. At any rate, we've been getting a flood of. Of sightings from bunk funkers from yes. all across this uh, world, uh, people who have who have seen Mister Bunker doing any number of nefarious things, uh, and you know what what's really been developing is that uh, this all had a genesis with uh, Mister Bunker murdering a Sasquatch with a katana. He then used blood magic to reanimate the Sasquatch. Uh, he named the Sasquatch Peon Musk and made Peon Musk the figurehead of a Tesla competitor company called Bunkla. Um, from there, Mr. Bunker has been uh, building weird devices, rewriting uh, the names of existing products to just be Bunkla products, um, and has uh, apparently um, started some sort of a weird league of extraordinary Bunker gentlemen. Um, well, league of Bunker gentlemen. Let's not say extraordinary. Bun- yeah. Um, because he's got, he's got Peon Musk, um, and he's possibly now incorporating Nessie, uh, Flatwoods Monster, the Flatwoods Monster. Oh yeah. He murdered the Flatwoods Monster. Moby Dick. Moby Dick and Nessie, um, Loch Ness Monster. There, there is a whole cadre of possible, uh, monsters that are now, uh, flocking to the aid, uh, against their will of (laughs) Mr. Bunker and his, whatever goals he's got in mind. We have no idea. We have no idea. Apparently, he's building some kind of uh, anti-Avengers or Avengers or something. Yeah. Something with vengeance. We haven't seen him or heard from him in a long time. Yeah. Uh, we mostly hang out with Peon Musk here at the bunker now. Peon Musk uh, comes and picks us up in a bunkla, which right. famously is a jalopy, like a Frankenstein car uh, that he says is self-driving, but it's really... Just him recklessly piloting it because he just doesn't look at the road, but he clearly has to still drive it. It's just a standard car. It doesn't run on electricity. It runs on gas. Most of these are Kia Souls that have had the word Kia crossed out. And then sometimes there are other parts like attached to them, like extra mirrors. Well, like we were saying, we don't know how we fit into the landscape of uh, Bunk Vengers. And I think today's bunker sighting might shed a little light on that. Today's bunker sighting is from none none other than... John Hendricks. John uh, John sent a lovely message to us. Very kind message. Um, you know, it was just lovely to read. Anne has gotten a bunker alarm already. 
But also, John sent in a a a bunker sighting that uh, is is prefaced with the words, "Well, this one is certainly concerning." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anytime a bunker sighting starts off that way, it's either going to be good or bad. So John starts. I was walking along a dirt road in Redacted, Louisiana, when I spotted a Kia Soul with a bunk license plate crash into a tree. Oh boy. I can only imagine what led to that crash. <laughs> I decided to investigate and I saw a trail of blood leading to an old abandoned shack in the woods. Mm-hmm. I got closer and slightly opened the door and that's when I saw him. Bunker. Ugh. God. Of Usually course. first you smell him. <laughs> He'd obviously gotten into a bad wreck, but the blood wasn't coming from him. It was coming from the notorious skunk ape. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus no. Christ. God damn it. God damn it. I noticed the skunk ape had severe damage to his head. And that's when I heard Bunker mutter, I have to perform surgery. I gotta perform surgery. <laughs> For context, Bunk Bunkers, Mr. Bunker mutters everything. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't really ever speak. He doesn't enunciate, he just mutters. Yeah. And he whipped out his katana and decapitated oh, the skunk ape in a single swift motion. Whoosh. Then he stitched the head of a Louisiana ah! Louisiana gargoyle. Oh God! Onto it. Oh, so fuck. he got a headless skunk ape with a gator head. I mean, Jesus Christ! After that, I ran away in fear and disgust. I don't blame you, John. I mean, most that's that's the safe thing to do. That's the safe bet. Run away in fear. Guys, I don't know why he's collecting Squatch-type creatures, but I'm honestly worried. What if he's trying to replace you two with genetically superior Sasquatch podcast hosts? Well. Thank you, John. That was a very lovely message, and thank you for your bunker sighting. We appreciate it This is a really... I agree with you, John. This is troubling. So now he's not only just murdering cryptids and reanimating them for his purposes, he's also... Uh, he's Frankensteining them just like he Frankensteined the jalopy Peon Musk picks us up in. I should have known he's going to try and fucking replace us, Andy. Genetic- All the work we do on this show. Genetically superior. Genetically superior? You took a Peon Musk? <laughs> yeah. Peon Musk is the missing link, okay? Do you know about this, Peon Musk? Peon Musk is a missing link. Are you aware of this? Before humans, Peon Musk, you are lower than us in evolution. <laughs> You can't be genetically superior. No, we're not going to watch Columbo again with you. I don't care. Where'd you even get a Blu-ray anyway? Nobody uses Blu-ray. It's the laser disc of the of the new technology. Shut up. Do you know about this? Oh, you had no Oh, idea. yeah, you know nothing now. But guess what? If he replaces us, guess who's next on the chopping block? Yeah, that's right. Peon Musk. Can't believe he's gonna try and fucking replace us. With a gator? All they can do is fucking hiss, <laughs> snap their jaws. <laughs> Bunkfuckers, is that what you really want to hear? Is that what you want? Is that, if it is, we'll retire right now and never be abducted oh, again. We just got a bunch. We got more messages than we've ever gotten in our lives. It's a ton of people flooding in saying yes. Oh. Well. They'd rather hear gator hisses for an hour and a half to two hours. Well. Sometimes three or four. Well, then I guess we'll just say goodbye. <laughs> Jeez. 
Guess this is the last episode of Mr. Bunker's Gazoo's <laughs> podcast of all time. And of course, this uh, this episode being broadcast live. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, we're using a bunkla kind of like the new the new bunklink, bunklink, yeah, uh, satellite internet system. We have yeah, no so, idea if it's actually reaching you guys or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. So it broadcasts into the future, so that when we record this, uh, you're already listening. You're listening to it live at the same time. It syncs up the time you listen and the time we record. Andy, I think it's I think it's high time that you and I start a bunker union. And it won't get wow. corrupt. Wow. The International Brotherhood of of Bunker Workers, the IBBW. <laughs> Chapter number 69. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, Andy. I think it's time we unionize because Bunker's going to sit here. He's going to try and replace us. You know, he doesn't even abduct us anymore. You know, we're, we're, we're less than afterthoughts to him. He just sends Peon Musk to do his dirty work. Yeah. Peon, I mean, you should get in on this ground floor, buddy. I mean, you're getting rid- You think you're going to match up against the undead Flatwoods monster and the undead Gatorhead skunk ape? Get the fuck out of here. Peon Musk, I think, feels like he's at the top of the pecking order. I think he does because he was the first, but yeah. that's not how Bunker plays. It's, no, no. Bunker Bunker has no... Bunker doesn't respect seniority. No, not at all. And you wouldn't expect him to. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I I can only imagine... Like now, this this group is growing quite large. Yeah, there's Peon Musk. Mm-hmm. There's the Flatwoods monster. Yep, which we haven't confirmed has been reanimated. He's got them maybe stored in a fridge somewhere. He's a got the dead body of a, fr- a Flatwoods monster, uh, at least. Uh, we've got Moby Dick and the Loch Ness monster. That's right. And now we've got a skunk, a skunk ape, skunk ape, a skunk ape with a gator, with a gator head, head. with a gator hair. Should have seen it coming, I mean. You know? We're old men now, Andy. We've been in the game almost two years. We're doing this podcast. I mean, it's... People are ready to move on. They are ready ready for actual cryptids to host a podcast about humans instead of for humans to host a podcast about cryptids. (laughs) I'll do stories like... (laughs) <laughs> the unsolved mystery of uh, where the sock went in the guy's dryer. <laughs> <laughs> What's a dryer? <laughs> oh, you see, they use these things called dryers. <laughs> okay, Peon, thanks. All right, shut up. Jeez, we we didn't ask for all the this commentary, Peon. Yeah, stay off the pod, or we won't take you out for onion rings after the show. Ah. Uh, you know, I don't know, Andy. What do you get? What can we say? I mean, I guess bunk funkers. If you see any more sightings, you hear any other things about yeah. this group, you hear any things about bunker trying to do that, we're gonna try and unionize and uh, yeah, see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, we're not a big union, the IBBW Chapter sixty nine. We're we're small. We are a BBW. I mean, <laughs> I mean, IBB, IBBW. Number 69 is is small but mighty. <laughs> we we are a, a little union in in number but big in heart. Uh some we have enlarged hearts. Have enlarged hearts. Uh and uh we're ready to uh fight for for for, for some equity around here. It's true. 
We'll see what we'll see how this plays out. But we got an episode to get here to Andy. We've got some big talking about replacing us with better hosts. I mean, oh, yeah, these guys are like we said, they've been in the podcasting game a long, long time. They're really good friends of ours. They have, you know, graciously let us go on their show before. And so now we are a year later repaying the due. <laughs> these hit we. OK, look, Listen. we're a lot of things. Yes, we are obnoxious. Yep. Uh, we're. Uh, difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're rude, yep. crude. Uh, we are unfashionable. We are unfathomable. Mm. And we're unpleasant. And all of that, we're not what we aren't. We aren't liars. That's right. And we will make good on our debts. Everything we've ever said on this show is 100%, 100% true. true. 100% true. Um, um, but honestly, yeah. I mean, you know, what can we say about our guests today? Uh, John and Brent from Hysteria 51. Um, I mean, we can't say anything, but I think uh, Carly Simon already said it best when she said, nobody does it better. Makes me feel safe from the storm. Nobody does it half as good as you. Baby, you're the best. Wow. John and Brent. You're the best. You guys are the br- the br- the breast. best and the breast. Yeah, you're the breast. If you uh, if podcasts were a rotisserie chicken, you two are the breast. Oh yeah, delicious and succulent. Succulent, uh, uh, Brett and John. Plenty of skin. That's what we call them. We call them succulent Brett, Brett and John, Brent and John. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's no better way to describe them. Please check them out. If you if you're fans of our shows, you'll you'll, you'll you will 100 love them. New episodes every Monday. Hysteria51.com. Wherever podcasts are sold, Hysteria 51, check yeah. them out. Um, please show them some love. And we hope you enjoy the Rendlesham Forest here with Hysteria 51 on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. <laughs> Bunkers, this week we're bringing you a massive whole enchilada on a very special UFO incident, the Rendlesham Forest case. It's so massive, in fact, that we had to invite our good friends, Brent Hand and John Goforth of the acclaimed Hysteria 51 podcast, just to help us serve up this story. Now, thanks, guys. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. We mostly agreed to come because you said there would be enchiladas and uh, getting duped over delicious Mexican cuisine is easily one of my top pet peeves because I'm a fat man. (laughs) And that. Yeah, uh, this uh, this definitely won't end with both of us starting a snappy dance fight scene like in West Side Story. (laughs) Goodness, goodness me. (laughs) Oh, my. Let's hope not, because Andy doesn't know how to snap his fingers and my Jets costume is at the cleaners. Oh, dear. But today we aren't talking about Maria. I've just met a girl named Maria, by the way. We're talking about Rendlesham, a name just as beautiful. Many say Rendlesham is the UK's Roswell incident, and with good reason. Rendlesham is considered one of the most well-documented UFO cases ever. Spanning three days near Christmas in 1980, it involves plenty of eyewitness accounts, physical evidence, and covert government dossiers. Uh, it's like I always say, I love a good dossier. <laughs> well, and there's no better topic, a topic so remarkable 
than to have these remarkable podcasting powerhouses cover it. <laughs> That's very kind of you guys. Who? Uh, John and I are powerhouses indeed. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, I I meant, you know, you, you and us. <laughs> you think you're on our level. <laughs> laugh at them, Brent. <laughs> laugh at their stupidity. <laughs> oh, oh. No, but seriously, you better watch out or we're going to start snap dance fighting like in West Side Story. Yeah, yeah. John, it's kind of sounding like you want to start a snap dance fighting scene now. Well, I mean, I do have a killer pirouette, Brent. I mean, like you wouldn't believe killer. Uh, well, one thing nobody's going to believe is today's topic. But first, we got to set the stage for you. Where did this incident take place? What is the time period like? The Rendlesham Forest incident takes place in, well, Rendlesham Forest, located in Suffolk County, northeast of London. Rendlesham Forest lies between RAF Bentwaters and RAF Woodridge, two Royal Air Force bases operated by the USA. And it's about 5.8 square miles, which is 15 square kilometers. Now, Art is the only one here who wasn't alive during the 80s, and shame on him, because they were a time of hot, hot tension. Oh, baby, the year was 1980, and the Cold War was hot. The Soviet Union had just invaded Afghanistan, and tension was hot. But hey, have we mentioned the tension? It was hot! The UK had let the US increase their military presence on their land, and this is why US Air Service members were stationed at these joint Royal Air Force, US Air Force bases at Woodbridge and Bentwaters. Now, what we also learned later on through FOIA requests was that nuclear weapons were being stored at both of these locations. Uh, how that plays into the UFO encounter, we'll touch on later. Now, speaking of touching, so often in these UFO sightings, you know, just like when I used to get into my mom's closet, we only get to look, but not touch. Well, not this time. Oh, yeah, there's UFO touching going on in this story. Oh, baby. So we'll break it down. Uh, we'll break down the two main encounters involved in this case and then dive into some of those sweet, sweet government documents, as well as touch on what the skeptics have to say. So the first UFO encounter of the Rendlesham Forest incident took place on December 26th of 1980. Staff Sergeant Jim Pennison was the on-duty flight chief for the Woodridge base, and he was having a typical graveyard shift, enjoying a midnight snack of what? We don't know. I like to imagine it was probably some sort of... Uh, they were over in England, some some sort of pudding with raisins and grossness in it, I'm sure. <laughs> nah, you know, I mean, candy doesn't knows no... Knows no uh, national boundaries. I think it's a payday there bar. You go. <laughs> uh, then Penniston receives a call around 3 a.m. telling him he was to go meet up with two of the base's military police. Military police. One Staff Sergeant Bud Steffens and Airman First Class, Airman First Class John Burroughs. The two had apparently seen some strange lights over the forest in Rendlesham, and these lights... May have been downed aircraft, they thought, so the three decided they, they should investigate. So Penniston, accompanied by Burroughs and, and Airman First Class Edward Edward Cabinsag, hopped into a vehicle and drove into the forest, and they saw a bright, strange light through the trees there. But due to the dense, difficult forest terrain, they ditched their vehicle and went on foot deeper into the forest. So, uh, picking up where you're leaving off, Brent, as they approached the light source, they noticed a strange interference with their radios. Penniston then ordered 
cabin sag is that what we agreed on cabin sag to to stay back at the vehicle so he could act as a communications relay between their position and the security control center as they walked deeper into the forest peniston anxiously noted that all of the animals and birds appeared to be in a terrible frenzy just running around like there's a disney princess convention nearby they also noted that their radio communication with cabin sag had deteriorated they were alone in the forest now. But then he saw it. Peniston saw a glowing object, metallic in appearance, with colored lights. Like some kind of, wait for it, spacecraft. But unlike anything he had ever seen in his seven years in the Air Force. Now, he also noted that as he got closer to the object, there was a static electricity in the air and the hair in his neck stood on end. And as he got within like 20 meters, he could see a shiny black triangular shaped craft. He said three meters in width and two high and about 10 feet wide. That's about 10 feet wide and six and a half feet tall in America numbers. Uh, that's that's <laughs> America numbers. Uh, he said also that the surface was smooth, almost like glass, while light was emitting from both the top and the bottom of the craft. Uh, red and blue lights flashed alternately on either side. So what we're saying is it's space police, I think, is what we're getting at there. <laughs> Peniston purportedly played paparazzi by perpetually popping photos of the piece. He noted how he could see no visible propulsion system. And this guy knows propulsion, let me tell you what. Huh? He'd been working on aircraft for damn near a decade, and there were no obvious signs of manufacturing. No seams, no rivets, no bolts, no screws. I was I was I was in for your alliteration, but then you went for the propulsion joke and you lost me. <laughs> ah, damn it! I always lose people on my propulsion jokes. <laughs> but then, in defiance of every museum everywhere, Peniston touched the spacecraft. He said the object felt warm to the touch, despite the cold English winter night outside. Sliding his hand over the smooth exterior, he discovered a series of raised symbols etched onto its left-hand side. The symbols, which he later drew, were about three inches high and covered an area of about three feet in diameter. He noted that the etchings felt like sandpaper compared to the smooth metallic chassis of the craft. And also, when he touched the etchings, the craft began to shine in intense bright white. Peniston claims he was also instantly blinded and deafened and was alone in his this bright white light for a, quote, undetermined amount of time, end quote, until suddenly he snapped out of it. His senses returned and the craft started to turn a vivid, bright white color. It became so bright that Peniston thought it might explode, and he ran away to take cover. The craft then lifted off approximately four feet from the ground, maneuvered between the trees, ascended to treetop level, and disappeared in the blink of an eye. Peniston never claims to have seen extraterrestrials, but he does claim that the UFO was definitely under intelligent control. Peniston also quickly scribbled notes in his logbook about everything that had just happened to him. The men then all returned to the base and reported what had happened back in the forest. Apparently, all the men were debriefed on the situation and told to, quote, forget they had ever seen anything, end quote. Uh, Peniston and Burroughs decided to return to the scene of the UFO landing in the forest shortly after the debriefing. They claimed to find broken branches littering the area, as well as three indentations in the ground where the UFO had been resting. Suffolk police were also called to the scene, on uh, on that on the night of the initial sighting and again the following morning but claimed to find nothing unusual 
On the night of the initial incident, they reported that only the only lights visible were from the Orford Lighthouse, and they attributed the indentations in the ground to rabbits burrowing in the forest. Penniston returned to the landing site the following day and made plaster casts of all the indentations. So after all this, once back in his room, Penniston claims he suddenly started seeing in his mind a strange binary code, meaning ones and zeros. And he attributed this to touching the spacecraft, which must have impregnated him, he said, his mind with the code. And he wrote down the code in his notebook, and then the images stopped once he'd written them all down. Oh, I figured he wrote it on the window. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> well, yeah, well, just pacing back and forth. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, so Penniston then <laughs> put his notebook away and then tried to move on from this bizarre happenstance. Uh, and we, too, shall move on from Penniston's first encounter to a second encounter, because this is a twofer uh, with this UFO. And I'm glad we can also move on from saying Penniston over and over because, and I'll be real, it's a struggle for me as a person not to say penis ton because that's in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Brent, for obviously saying what is on so many of our minds. Oh, yeah. Too oh, true. Too true. Too true. I'm thinking about a one-ton penis. <laughs> okay, penis jokes aside, obviously the base was a buzz about the UFO sighting, but one of the officers at the base, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt, wasn't around for this whole ordeal. He was away on Christmas Day, so he missed out on all of the UFO hullabaloo. Holt was known as a straight-laced, by-the-books kind of guy, so when he returned the day after and heard about all the UFO business at the base Christmas party, he sudden he first said no one make the peniston joke. Then, <laughs> then he immediately summoned Kassenbach to his office to give him a full report on what happened. Word got around that the UFO had returned to the spot seen in the forest, so Halt then rallied a search party and they trekked back into Rendlesham Forest in the early hours of December 28th to go see for themselves what in the hell was actually going on. When they arrived at the original landing site, they took radiation readings of the triangular depressions in the ground where the spacecraft allegedly landed. Using a very complicated series of letters and numbers, otherwise <laughs> known as a U.S. military radiation survey meter, they recorded 0 .07 millirotogens. I'm not saying that right. Milla. That's right. They, they recorded... They, they recorded some radiation, uh, and in other ra re regions, they also recorded some radiation, uh, which are which are around the background level for radiation levels. So shortly after this, they spotted a glowing red object moving through the forest, and all of this was recorded on a mini tape recorder that Halt had brought with him. And actually, here's a clip of Halt and the co-witnesses uh, seeing the glowing object. Clicks. 
So then the group allegedly saw a massive object come into view, traveling at an incredible speed. It stopped, hovered over them, then sent a laser-like beam down to the ground only a few feet from their location. And the UFO then moved over the weapon storage area and continued firing beams of light into the storage bunkers. Wow. Jeez. You really hate to hear a story about a bunker being attacked by a UFO. You know, that could have been us, you know, Andy. Yeah. A UFO could totally, you know, come try to abduct our bunker one day. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt any intelligent life arms are looking to abduct you too. They probably would want hosts with better personalities and bigger penistons like John and I. <laughs> Oh, oh. Uh, see, that's a callback. That's that's tough stuff. I bet you guys are pretty wow. mad about that one. Uh, maybe we should, you know, start a snap dance fight. Hmm. No, no takers. All right. Well, back to the Peniston jokes. Anyway, that's about it for Halt's encounter. Uh, but his real contribution is in the form of all the documented evidence he issued. Oh, sweet, sweet covert documents. I like them almost as much as dossiers. <laughs> indeed. Uh, indeed, John. So Rendlesham's uh, plethora of signed witness statements, photographs, and other physical evidence is really very sweet. It's what sets us apart, and uh, including uh, Brian Dunning of Skeptoid, who I'm sure you guys have talked about plenty of times on here. Uh, he puts it best when he says, you don't rise to be deputy commander of a United States Air Force base with nuclear weapons if you're a nutcase. And when you're and when you're accompanied by local police constables and a number of Air Force security personnel who all file written reports, you don't exactly make up ridiculous stories. There's little doubt that Rendlesham Forest probably has the best, most reliable evidence of any popular UFO story. And again, that's from Skeptoid. So what? are we looking at here well the the genesis for all this was lieutenant colonel holt's signed memo uh the memo was released under the u.s freedom of information act on june of 1983 by the u.s air force uh to robert todd of the group citizens against ufo secrecy caus and the memo penned uh, a fortnight after the events on january 13th of 1981 pretty much states the first and second encounters were described as above. And it's a little more rigid in particular, however, just like every military memo you've ever read or, or thought would be. Interesting to note, though, that the U.S. Air Force actually threw out their copy of the memo and the FOIA request actually obtained the British Ministry of Defense version because why keep that shit around? They don't need that. Just it was that. very silly, too. Yeah. now next of course was halt's audio recording halt made the recording on a handheld uh lanyer micro cassette recorder which he carried for note-taking there are uh there are many gaps and jumps in the recording as you know he kind of like would record for a little bit then switch it off record for a little bit switch off overall the 18 minute tape spans uh a timeline of a few hours during that night but it does help give us some eyewitness accounts on the night of his event. In June 2010, retired 
uh, now retired Colonel Charles Holt, signed a notarized affidavit in which he committed to paper his current memory of the events of the night. Holt then stated that he believed the event to be an extraterrestrial event and that it had been covered up by both the UK and the US. Now, contradictions between his affidavit and the facts as recorded at the time in Holt's memo and tape recording have been pointed out, and there's quite a few, but we'll cover that when we get to the skeptic's take on this incident. Now, finally, there are a plethora of eyewitness statements to go through. There are five eyewitness statements taken Like I from said, a plethora. A plethora. <laughs> five is a cornucopia of eyewitness <laughs> statements. Uh, these were all taken from the first Rendlesham encounter. After the initial UFO incident on the 25th and 26th of December 1980, all the witnesses were asked to either write or sign statements explaining what had transpired. A standard Air Force procedure. We have statements from Jim Penniston, a.k.a. Penis Ton, John Burroughs, Edward Cabinsag, Fred Braun, and J.D. Chandler. The statements all reiterate what we covered in the first encounter. However, they mostly focus on seeing a bunch of strange lights and beacons out in the forest. Only Penniston's statement describes seeing any kind of physical object that wasn't just described as a light or beacon. And finally, there is all the physical evidence collected from the scene. Photos taken by Penniston show strange lights in the night sky. Photos of the landing site show three distinct indentations in a triangular pattern where the craft supposedly landed. Photographs of the landing site have shown there was tree damage to the surrounding forest where the UFO supposedly landed. Some have even gone as far as to say there were scorch marks and burned tree bits in the area. Penniston also visited the landing site later on in the morning and took three plaster casts of the landing traces, reportedly muddy, muttering to himself, it's not Penniston, it's not Penniston, it's not Penniston. <laughs> he also allegedly took a whole roll of photographs of the craft in the area, but when he turned the roll into the base's photo lab, he was notified that all of the pictures were fogged, meaning nothing was actually on the roll of film. Why didn't he just use his iPhone? Idiot. Oh, John, you're bad. <laughs> I don't. I hate to. I hate to be the uh, the water in the the ice in the underpants here. But uh, you guys, uh, actually, this was uh, this was in 1980, and the iPhone hadn't been invented yet. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> hey, don't talk to my co-host like that, or else. <laughs> or else what? Hmm? Or else. Oh, my God, it's actually happening. Ice in the underpants. Oh, wait, no, that's not what you were going for there. Anyway, I forgot. Uh, I, um, I I broke my thumbs in the world's longest game of heads up, seven up world record attempt. So, you know, I can't uh, snap right now. Oh, well, moments passed. Oh, well. <laughs> Let's talk about hypnosis. Okay. In 1994, Penniston agreed to undergo hypnosis with a professional hypnotherapist as a way to, you know, deal with the trauma of this UFO experience. The session was videotaped and a transcript of the session ended up in the public domain. When asked if there were any beings present, Penniston made reference to some, quote, the visitors. Uh, when questioned about the identity of the visitors, Penniston made the astonishing statement that they were actually time travelers from the future. So these weren't alien visitors, but humans from the far future. And when they went on to, the, the visitors then went on to explain that the agenda of these time travelers was to collect genetic material. Wink. The time travelers, uh, the visitors, had some kind of 
severe problem reproducing with their species and would die out if they could not extract human genetic material. Finally, there's this little bit about the supposed cover-up of the entire Rendlesham incident. So the UK's Ministry of Defense, MOD's position on the matter of Rendlesham, has always been that there was no defense significance. Uh, this this never sat well with Lord Peter Hill Norton. He was a former chief of the defense staff uh, who had been an avid UFO believer for a long time, and he was not shy about grilling other government agencies about UFO encounters. So through a series of letters and other correspondences released in the early 2000s, we received previously classified MOD files that showed Lord Peter Hill Norton, the most British name I've ever fucking heard in my life, (laughs) asking why the MOD wouldn't investigate the incident any further in 1985. And to him, the idea of a UFO encounter with radiation levels being reported over an airbase with nuclear weapons should have at least warranted a full investigation. Then in 2010, Dr. Clark interviewed Holtz boss Colonel Conrad, the UK base commander Donald Moreland, and Simon Whedon, all of whom had come across the Holt memo at some point when it was first printed and sent to the MOD. The interviewees confirmed that the Ministry of Defense put almost no effort into their investigation. They didn't even bother to interview any of the witnesses to the Rendlesham incident or take any action whatsoever. They regarded the incident as uh, as much significance as many people do Art and Andy, which is to say barely any at all. Hey, Art, that's at least not zero significance. <laughs> Woohoo! Everything's coming up for the book, boys. <laughs> oink, oink! <laughs> When the Halt memo first broke out, supposedly the U.S. military tried hard to ensure the story remained a secret. Peniston believes his photographs were fogged. Fa- uh, believes his photographs weren't fogged, but actually confiscated. He also believes that one of the three plaster molds he made of the craft's indentations in the forest were stolen by the military during shipment. Peniston also believes he found a bug in his house years later when he moved back to America. That's Probably true. It's called an Alexa. <laughs> Get it? An Alexa? Okay. Back to the back to the Peniston jokes. He also <laughs> says he received threatening phone calls uh, and his mail is frequently tampered with. Also, apparently there is a huge missing gap in the story and we're not talking about the space inside of Andy and Art's heads. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. Okay, penis and jokes more. Okay. Uh, several <laughs> intelligence papers on the Rendlesham incident have supposedly gone missing. This was discovered when 8,000 previously classified documents on UFOs were released. But there is a huge gap where defense intelligence files related to the Rendlesham case should be. Intelligence files, more like dummy, dummy files. Because, yeah, you know, they're dumb. Not there. Okay. Can we get another Peniston joke? <laughs> Jeez. Well, you know what? Not everything is a penis matter, John. <laughs> According to Peniston, he was later interviewed by the uh, Air Force Office of Special Investigations, or AFOSI, uh, shortly after his encounter. Now, the uh, AFOSI is a branch of the uh, of military intelligence tasked with security issues within the U.S. Air Force. They apparently asked to inject him with the, quote, Truth drug, also known as sodium pe- pentothal. Uh, Peniston, Peniston pentothal. Uh, Peniston reluct- reluctantly agreed on the condition that he would be left alone, finally, 
about all this UFO stuff after he went uh, and did this interview. He has since stated that this experience disturbed him so much that he subsequently suffered from nightmares and was later diagnosed with post-traumatic stress syndrome. Oh, I used to be hooked on that truth drug stuff, boys. Don't end up like old Brent. First you blow off dare class, then one of the school burnouts offers you a hit of facts. Next thing you know, you're given hand jobs in the back of an alley for a quick release of being able to tell someone what you honestly think about their outfit. Oh, geez, I know all Brent. about I know all about the PTSD. <laughs> they say truth will set you free, but what they don't mention is that you become a prisoner to the high. By God. And the hand jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you gained a handy new skill, Brent. Everything I do is a hand job. That's just this is my lot in life. It's Brent Hand. You know how it goes. <laughs> his name. No. Anywho. It's highbrow humor. <laughs> it's highbrow humor here. Uh anywho, with the last within the last decade, the US government has actually acknowledged uh medical claims made by exposure to radiation, dot 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 from a UFO. John Burroughs, quote, received life-saving heart surgery to replace a badly shredded anterior mitral valve uh, caused by the UAP radiation and uh, was also awarded a settlement from the DOD and VA, admitting uh, he was injured in the line of duty in December of 1980. And what was this line of duty encounter? Why, none other than the Rendlesham Force UFO. But now it's time to poke some holes in this hot air UFO balloon. Oh, thank God. This is my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) Let the air out here. By explaining what the skeptics have to say, maybe you've noticed that sometimes the documented evidence and the story presented don't always line up. And that's what makes the skeptics' mouths salivate in this story. That's what gets them wet. There is plenty of post-encounter editing of the story, much of which comes from Penniston and Halt. When reviewing the various MOD documents and witness statements, it becomes clear that only Penniston claims there was ever a bona fide UFO spacecraft. The rest all describe a freaky scene, for sure, with animals howling in the night, walking through the dense forest in the cold English winter. But they only ever describe strange lights being seen, not a UFO craft. But let's zoom out here for a bit. What do people think this UFO was? For starters... How about a Russian rocket blowing up and or meteors in the night sky? Apparently, the first night of Rendlesham. On the first night of Rendlesham, my true love gave to me a Russian rocket in the atmosphere entering. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Tune into please. our Mr. Bunker Christmas <laughs> album for all the 12 days of Rendlesham. Yeah. UFO reports flooded in from all over southern England near Rendlesham. Apparently, it was one of the best recorded nights of meteor showers. Reports came in at 5.20 and 7.20 p.m. At around 9 p.m., the upper stage of a Russian rocket that had launched the Cosmos 749 satellite re-entered the atmosphere and broke up. I bet I know what they were doing at 4.20. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. What? Time for tea. What? (laughs) uh, Making penicillin jokes. Yeah, Yeah. 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 That's good any time of day. Uh, bewildered onlookers watched as the first six fragments blasted apart into more than 20 pieces in the night sky. Could this have been the UFO lights seen by the servicemen? At around 2.45 a.m. on the morning of the 26th, an especially brilliant, bright, and girthy meteor was witnessed flying over the region near Rendlesham. This thing lasted around three to four seconds, <laughs> like me in the bedroom, 
and was described as, quote, as bright as the moon, end quote. Could this have been the UFO that Penniston and company encountered? Well, there's also outside of that the the matter of that nearby lighthouse a few miles away uh, from the landing site that sits on the Orford Nest Lighthouse. That's what it's called. So as you guys mentioned, only Penniston really described an object and later a UFO craft. But Burroughs, Cabin Sagan, Penniston all described seeing lights. Uh, Penniston and Burroughs reported moving lights of different colors, and they also included pictures of this in their statements. And again, Burroughs' drawing is based off of Penniston's description as Burroughs only described seeing lights. All three men acknowledged the nearby lighthouse, though. Uh, John Burroughs said in his statement, We got up to the fence that separated the trees from the open field, and you could see the lights down from down by a farmer's house. Once we reached the farmer's house, we could see a beacon going around, so we went towards it. We followed it for about two miles before we could see it was coming from a lighthouse. Ed Cavinsang corroborated this. He wrote, We got to a vantage point where we could we got to a vantage point where we could determine what we were chasing was only a beacon light from a distance. Only a beacon light off in the distance. Cavinsang reported that the haze of those supposed spacecraft was nothing more than the glow of the nearby farmhouse lights. So were the three men simply chasing a lighthouse beacon? Well the Suffolk police called the scene the Suffolk police called to the scene believe so, and they claimed the only lights seen that night were from the lighthouse, period. And as we've mentioned, both Burroughs and Penniston's stories have grown a bit over the years, if you know what I'm saying. Penniston in particular. <laughs> He's a grower. No, I'm, sure. I mean, literally, the, the story has, has grown in scale. Yeah. Get yeah, your minds out of the gutter. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Penniston <laughs> unveiled the supposed notebook that he jotted down during the supposed forest chase on a 2003 Sci-Fi Channel documentary, which are known to be the best documentaries about the incident. <laughs> The times and dates indicated in the notebook are all wrong, however, and even Burroughs has stated that Penniston never took any notes that night and he wouldn't have had time to do so even if he wanted to. Many skeptics use Kassenbag's version of the events as the sort of key, I guess, to deciphering what really happened, as only his events are agreed upon by all three witnesses to the first night. And in his version, there's a single pulsing beam of light that the men chased through the forest. And when the forest ended, they were in the farmer's field and they realized it was a very distant lighthouse beacon. When wah, Holt and his wah. men went to inspect, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When Holt and his men went to inspect the flashing lights, they reported seeing the lights flash. And if you time the remarks on the tape, you'll find that they that the lights appear every five seconds or so. The Orford Nest Lighthouse has an interval of, you guessed it, five seconds. And the halt tape and the five-second interval of the lighthouse sync up nearly perfectly. But what about the five steady red glowing lights as reported by Halt on his journey into Rendlesham? Here's another clip from his audio tape. Ask the farmer's house and across in the next field. Now we have multiple sightings of up to five lights with a similar shape and all, but they seem to be steady now rather than a pulsating or glow with a red flash. Well, skeptics point out that just two miles up the road from the Orford Nest Lighthouse is the Orford Nest Transmitting Station, which is home to five tall radio towers topped with, yep, red lights. Colonel Holt was aware of the lighthouse because he was stationed in the Suffolk area longer than the other witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO encounter. However, he had been 
However, he had spent most of his time stationed at RAF Bentwaters and was nude RAF Woodridge. Thus, some skeptics speculate that he wouldn't have considered the lighthouse as a possibility for this incident because in his experience at Bentwater, the lighthouse would have been at the southeast. But since they were coming due east from Woodridge, two miles from Bentwaters, from that position unknown to Colonel Halt, Orford Ness Lighthouse is indeed due east. So, after that geography lesson, overall, (laughs) skeptics believe this was all some sort of wild goose chase of a distant lighthouse brought upon by a strange meteor shower fooling a bunch of servicemen who were new to the area. But what about the encounter in the actual forest? You know, the indentations found in the ground by Peniston, uh, where this craft supposedly landed. Uh... Now, there are, there are clear indentations in the ground found by the men and Suffolk police the next day. And as we already mentioned, Suffolk police kind of attributed this to animals or uh, rabbits burrowing in the ground. Now, forestry commission worker Vince uh, Thurkettle, who lived less than a mile away and was also present at the examination of the landing site, was interviewed for his take on the ground indentations. Shockingly, he recognized the indentations as rabbit diggings several months old and covered with a layer of fallen pine needles ah but what about colonel holt's radiation readings hmm Mm -hmm. (laughs) well the highest level reported by colonel holt on his audio tape corresponded to 0.07 millirotogens per hour just at the lowest reading on the bottom range of his meter the uh quote 0.5 scale end quote now, the UK's National Radiological Protection Board, which, oh boy, you don't want to <laughs> no, mess with, with them. Do not fuck with the NRPB. <laughs> Has mentioned that levels between... You got to point- see their calendar every year. It is fucking sexy. <laughs> you guys, yeah, oh, yeah, that calendar is hot. Those are some beefy men, and they are nude. <laughs> they are... Yes. Hanging dog. <laughs> Something to do with radiation. Yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, about the, the radiation burns make it a little odd, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, each to their own. Anyway, they mentioned that levels between 0.05 and 0.1 millirotogens per hour were, you know, normal background levels. However, the particular meter used by Colonel Holt was actually designed to measure much, much higher levels of radiation. So it wasn't even really that credible to begin with to help establish levels so close to the, quote, background level. Maybe at the end of the day, this whole thing was a big old hoax. Like daily bathing or birds being real. You know, famous hoaxes. <laughs> you don't need to bathe every day. No, you don't. It's a lie. Yeah. That Made grime. Big soap. That grime helps keep you protected. Yeah. <laughs> the BBC reported that a former U.S. security policeman, Kevin Condy, claimed responsibility for creating strange lights in the forest by driving around in a police vehicle whose lights he had modified. But there's no evidence that this absolutely sick 420 360 no-scope epic prank took place. <laughs> In December 2018, David Clark, a British UFO researcher, reported a claim that the incident was a setup. By and the because SAS. he's British, that's Clark with an E. Yeah, Clark with an E. David Clark, a British UFO researcher, reported a claim that the incident was set up by the SAS, or the Special Air Service, a special forces unit of the British Army. You know... Soap and Captain Price from Call of Duty. You remember. You should. As a revenge plot on the USAF. 
According to the story, in August 1980, the SAS parachuted into RAF Woodbridge to test the security at the site since nuclear weapons were being stored there. The U.S. Air Force had recently down upgraded their radar and detected the black parachutes of the SAS men as they descended to the base. The SAS troops were interrogated and beaten up with the ultimate insult that they were called, quote, unidentified aliens. To enact their revenge, the SAS gave the USAF their own version of an alien event. You know, I've given a few alien events of my own, if you you know what I mean. <laughs> and I've had a few close encounters of the third kind, if you know what I mean. You guys talking about taking shits or what? <laughs> I'm confused. God, you guys are dumb. Let us in on the joke, guys. What's it's up? A, it's about taking it's, shits. It's like about a, mashed potatoes. Now get over it. Uh, hmm. Well, Brett and John might have their secrets, but hey, your opinion, bunk funkers, doesn't have to be a secret. So what do you make of the Rendlesham Forest UFO? Do you believe an alien craft visited that night, or was it all just a big old lighthouse? And do you ever see a beacon of light deep out in the forest? Would you follow it? Would you investigate? Well, if you should, be prepared, because you'll find a large, circular circular impression made into the ground, which could have been caused by none other than Andy, Art, and Hysteria 51's Brent and John delivering you a heaping saucer full of the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, Bunk Funkers! This is Andy, and I'm here with my co-host, your co-host, Art. Uh, and we're coming at you today to let you know that we launched a Patreon. Uh, so if you have the means and you want to support the show, Come visit us at patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod and consider becoming a subscriber. Get an extra podcast episode every month of our brand new show, Andy and Art Debunked, available only on Patreon. We're going to be covering uh, various urban legends and myths. We'll do TV and movie commentary tracks and reviews. We'll do pop culture conspiracies and much, much more. Becoming a subscriber will also get you access to our Discord channel where you can chat with me and Art and other bunk funkers from around the globe. You'll also get plenty of behind-the-scenes content and much, much more. So, please, help us support the show and keep the lights on in the bunker. Visit us at patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod and become a subscriber today. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of the uh, Rendlesham Forest UFO. With us still, for some reason, is uh, Brent and John from Hysteria 51. Oh, wait, welcome, this thing's guys. still on? Oh, um, uh, oh hey, oh, hey, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, we, we paid for... We paid for a full hour with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we, we paid the rates as listed on your website. That's and right. They also paid for the sad ending, and I'm not sure what that means, but... Uh, <laughs> we don't deserve I'm gonna to give it the happy. old college yeah. try. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Brent, you were, you were kind of saying, uh, in between, uh, in, in our little break there that, uh, 
There's another fun little, this little piece of story. evidence coming out about this story. Our, the story is just one of those that just it changes every time someone decides they want to tell it again. And there is a <laughs> a documentary, and I'm using air quotes that no one can see right now, called Cable Green. Uh, Cable Green is that area. It's the name of the area, another name of in the Rendlesham Forest. And um, there is a 2021 movie based on the quote-unquote documentary going to be coming out. And they follow the alleged dealings of one Larry Warren, who is a original witness whistleblower to this, who just came out recently, uh, because why not? You know, 30-some years <laughs> later, decide that you were there. Yeah. 40 years now, you were there. And tell your yeah. story that even everyone else, if you're not involved with ancient alien goes man that's not believable at all i mean especially coming from a guy in the blue collar comics yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> larry the ufo guy is is as he knows yeah, by yeah. now the truth is out there get her done, get her done. find that her way. out i saw that their lighthouse get her done <laughs> i saw them aliens come down and had some of them edible britches you ever have any of them edible britches on the aliens get her done Here's your signed affidavit. <laughs> if you write down in your notebook that you saw an alien, then <laughs> you might be a redneck. <laughs> you just might be an eyewitness to a UFO encounter. <laughs> um, guys, so I got to say, I'm 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 disappointed and a little displeased with the with your podcast. Um, this was it was like there was full a lot stop, of full stop, and, you uh, stop right there, and like. <laughs> Yeah, just full stuff. Uh, there and and like you know, you, you, John, you, told, you sound like most of our reviews <laughs> told a, uh, a like a, com, a a a story that you could follow. I mean, you know, Brent mentioned that you know when people retell this story, it, th- it seems like things get added every time. When we did this sh- when we did this on our podcast, that's Hysteria Fifty One, Hysteria Fifty One dot com, available where all fine podcasts are sold. Anyway, uh, when we did this story, uh, we added three or four facts on our own. <laughs> oh really? Well, I was there. It's kind, of, it's like- kind of an Easter egg, you know. You listen and try to pick yeah. them out. Okay, yeah, that's, okay. Me and Larry Warren were on a date yeah. that night, and uh, we saw <laughs> some lights in the woods that we were just walking through. That's all we were doing. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Brent, did uh, Larry get the sad ending too? <laughs> yeah, you always get the sad ending. Well, they both had matching man. sleeveless flannels. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, there's a lot of people wearing sleeveless flannels. <laughs> Man, nice. Um, That's my buddy Larry. <laughs> I just He's covered in just moles. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it you guys aren't super hot. If we want to do some blanket statements here, you're not super hot on there's this. There's just so much. I, I, I really think if you look at the, the three people saw the thing, one was like, well, it's, you know, it was just lights. That's it. One was like, well, I think it was probably lights I don't really know. And one was like, I saw goddamn aliens and they put codes in my brain. <laughs> and yet all three of them were together. And so how does that happen? Yeah. That's a really weird one. And I, yeah. I don't want to tell any tales out of school, but I am not a fan of post-hypnotic regression because I think that becomes post-hypnotic, say whatever the fuck you want to say uh, in a lot of cases. Mm. And I'm not saying it's not good for some things, but it is a crutch used in a lot of these investigations just to kind of fill in your right. own thing and i think that there is a lot of very detailed documentation on this that also documents that it probably was just a uh to me a sign of missed identification probably the lighthouse maybe they were messing with them and the lights of the the guys messing around it could have been a a, a little bit of a, a little bit of column b 
But um, I, I have uh, hard to believe that the one guy saw the aliens and all this stuff, and the other two that are with him don't remember any of this stuff, and it just never happened. And then yeah. Larry Warren was the 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 guy at the end that came out and says it's all real and blah blah blah. <laughs> well, and it's like uh, like Brian Dunning say. By, by the way, you found the one nice quote from Brian Dunning. Um, Amen. Well right. Uh, like a, he, he handsome woke up Brian right, Dunning. He woke up on the right side of the dungeon that night that day. And, uh, dungeon. And he, uh, you know, he said he's like, well, there's a lot of a lot of reports on this thing. And that's, I think, with so many of these stories, we talk about this a lot on our show. It's Hysteria 51, Hysteria51.com. Uh, we talk about this a lot on our show. We, just because these things are seen and they are UFOs, they are unidentified, does not mean they're aliens every time. Right. And and so many people just want to make that jump. There's a lot of cool shit that can happen that has nothing to do with E.T. I also want to point out that uh, just because that happens doesn't mean it's not aliens, too. Uh, so go fuck yourself. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, but all joking aside, that is a distinction, and John's very good about bringing that up on the show. Is UFO just means UFO, unidentified flying object? I saw something, right. I didn't know what it was. If you're bad enough at identifying things, everything's a UFO, and I think that's why they've moved on to saying things like UAP and stuff like that. And this one really wasn't. I mean, they did say that they saw um, flying things, but uh, the the story changes quite a bit between from person to person. You asked us, what do you guys think? Where, where, where's your head at? I guess I tend to feel kind of the same way. Um, you know, I was talking to talking to Art before uh, we started uh, getting into this. Like, just initially, we recently covered a, an incident uh, from the, like, post-war period, uh, right at the beginning of the Cold War, in the same area, uh, Lake and Heath Bentwaters. I don't know if John and Brent, you guys are familiar with that one, but... There was this anomalous radar activity, uh, and there were lots of reports at the uh, at the Lake and Heath uh, Royal Air Force Base of all these weird lights. And it turned out that it's just like it's foggy, and shit reflects. Most of the reports came stuff. Yeah, it's like headlights from a nearby road, and Americans there that aren't familiar with the terrain and they're not familiar with the uh, the atmosphere, and so to people that live there, it's nothing weird is happening. But to Americans that are just there for the first time, like just experiencing this, they see a bunch of stuff and it creeps them out. <laughs> and I don't know. I get I get kind of the same vibe from this. Like, I mean, the Lake and Heath Bentwaters honestly was a little more uh, compelling to me than, wow. than Rendlesham. I think. Wow, I mean, Rendlesham's the big one, right? Well, yeah. and is it, but I don't you know. Said it the just feels like it was a lighthouse. And you said stuff. the beginning. This is the UK's. Roswell every how many stories John have we done that this is the such and such as Roswell this is the east (laughs) lower south side of Denver's uh, Roswell this is Bosnia Herzegovina's (laughs) Roswell wow wow blast from the past this is Montenegro's Roswell (laughs) this is the eastern North Carolina Roswell this is Luxembourg's Roswell (laughs) it's like in entertainment tech everything is the next Netflix yeah Yep. <laughs> oh, this new podcast app. It's going to be the podcast app of Netflix or the well, Netflix you're, you're, of podcast app. You're talking about Quibi, of course, John. You're, yeah, you, well, you were that, very well, sad the, to see Quibi oh, go. The now defunct. Yeah, that yeah. one. Um, 
everything everything is the next Netflix or the next Uber. Oh man, this is this is the yeah. Uber of dog walking. This is the uh, the Uber of bidets. Uh, I tried that Uber of dog walking app and it didn't really work for me because a car just kind of pulled up and then they tried to walk my dog and it was just sort of like, hey, know, hey, give me that in. fucking leash, man. Like, no, I can't keep up Are with you with uh, dog walkers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Brent, you sound a lot like my dog walker. Is that you? Were you trying to walk my dog? And you then know, magically it turns into Uber yeah, Eats. Yeah. And the yeah. dog was never seen. Oh my God, again. Brent tried to eat. I'm my more dog. interested in Uber Bidet hey, that John was talking about. I'm not quite sure how that works out, but. Uh. No, I did that. I did that, Brent, and it's a good service. Um, it's called Baduber. <laughs> and uh, you, you, you order it up on the app, and somebody just comes by and out of a car window sprays your ass with a hose. It's, it's very a 463 nice, pound man with a super soaker, and it's worth every yes. penny. <laughs> yeah, easily. <laughs> Get go download Baduba right now. And now we have we have finally discovered what the sad ending is. <laughs> <laughs> We're all gonna get Badubered after this. <laughs> I got free Badubers coming for everybody. And it's great in the Chicago winter. I mean, it's wonderful. Oh, it's yeah. nice and refreshing. It's very cold. Well, there's yeah. nothing better than a, a, a stream of water that literally freezes on its way to you and hits <laughs> yeah. you. You guys like are Iceman. laughing and joking. It'll I want you to plunge. know that I have Tushy Tushy installed on all of our toilets in our house and i love bidets until you uh are used to using a bidet and you go on vacation and you realize you have to wipe again and you're sandpapering your ass for a week while you're on vacation and uh yeah it's not as fun but uh it's still worth it so wait 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 a minute is this is this Le- legitimate she is a brand you're legitimate you're pro we have bidets pro so i stayed in a place they bidet? had bidets and i was like joking and i tried it and i'm like oh my god that's pretty cool. Like it works. And so we literally installed them on in our bathrooms at our house. And so I use them until I go on vacation and then I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta wipe my own ass again. Oh no. <laughs> then it's like Jeez. sandpaper. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Sounds like you're prime demographic. I'm just saying I probably have the cleanest <laughs> asshole on this podcast right now. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> oh well that's that's, that's for not certain. even debatable. Well, he certainly yeah. is the biggest <laughs> asshole on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Snap fight. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's a British alien. I've been saving that fight. one all hour. <laughs> um, well, that's interesting because, you know, we've we've I think we've mocked debates, bidets, bidets before on this on this show. But um, I mean, you know, Andy and I are we're, we're a lot of things. Brent and John, we're assholes. We're immature. We are. I mean, we're. Big, we're huge losers. Uh, mm-hmm. We smell bad. We look bad. But we are not liars. No. And well, there uh, goes your bidet endorsement money. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we've never tried one. I've never tried one. No, I've never done it. Yeah. yeah you know, it's a weird so, thing. I don't know. Maybe we're full of shit. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you got to shoot water on your butt. I don't know. It's just the way you, yeah. you got to live. Um, this I is I the part of the podcast where I just bow out. Oh, gee, look at that. That's been good having oh, you, John. <laughs> cutting out. Uh, John, John, we lost your connection. He's like, uh, I'm good. Um, Damn Zoom. Yeah, I uh, I think, you know, for me, uh, I, I always want to believe these sort. Like, I, I always read the, you always read the, the tagline. And you're like, right? I'm in. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. want to believe it. You're like, oh, man, this is, hey, this is great. Like, oh, whoa, something touched down on the ground. There was indentations. How could they ever prove this wrong? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you got to go read the. Uh, skeptics fucking take and then you're like ah, damn fuck. science and educated people <laughs> yeah. coming in and go no that's actually fucking a rabbit burrow not a 
otherworldly indentation. Ah, damn. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But, you know, and sometimes they shoot themselves in the foot, too. I mean, it's just like with the notebook and they're trying to milk it so much. And, you know, we kind of feel bad always like, you know, calling guys out. Well, it is. It is hard to say. I don't believe you. Uh, You're lying. Oh, man, I have no problem with it. John has a problem with it, but you know, it's. I mostly say it to Brent, but yeah, yeah regardless. Right, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's unfortunate that they they kind of have to keep milking it for so long. Um, but I mean, this is a very this is kind of a fun. I mean, where would you rank this one, Andy and Brent and John? You know, you guys have obviously covered a ton of UFO cases. We have a few under our belt, but not probably nowhere near as much. But. Um, I mean, where would you put this one on your, is this one on your Mount UFO, UFO more or no? Is this one making it into the top five <laughs> well, for, for you guys? For me, no, not at all. Um, it, it just, wow. there's too much uh, conjecture to it and infighting. And as soon as the, uh, well, I remembered things after I was hypnotized. I just, it goes out the window. There's so many more that I've enjoyed uh, for different reasons yeah. because they could be true or they were so blatantly wrong. They were more entertaining. Uh, yeah, that yeah, this one yeah. just doesn't do it for me, but a lot of people do. This is one that a lot of people love. Like I said, documentary a couple of years ago, there's a movie coming out on this next year in 2021. Uh, you probably won't see it because, yeah. you know, 2021 is going to be worse than 2020. You heard it here first. Uh, but oh, whoa. Uh, no, that's not true. I hope. I hope. Father time, I hope Brent, Brent Han himself, <laughs> the New Year's baby, <laughs> Brent Han. <laughs> 2021 is going to be like, hold. Yeah, Brent, you do wear a lot of diapers for a guy. Who that's right. Hold my beer, 2020. Uh, then I'm going to show you how to. But you pull him off. I got to say, John, don't you think he pulls him off pretty well? No, he, he pulls him off and starts smearing him everywhere. It's awful. <laughs> I know I can just shoot it all off with the water. I'm good to go. Yeah. That's tushy. Tushy.com. Tushy. <laughs> Does uh does they do not and they should by God oh yeah Tushy get at him we got to help you guys get that we're gonna need to get this tape um I okay so in in the world of today's participation trophies where everyone gets one I'll say (laughs) this is in my top five of you you of UK based incidents that involved Americans (laughs) as well that nuclear. Uh, <laughs> weapons might or might not have played a factor in. Definitely in wow. the Rendlesham Forest. In the Rendlesham Forest, yes. <laughs> wow, you you're involving a lighthouse. You threw a wow out there way too early into that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, I have to I have to echo the sentiments of Jeez, this isn't making my mount UFO more. Oh my goodness! I mean. Well, well, we'll let the cat out of the bag here. I mean, Andy and I are big fans of the Tehran UFO. Yeah. We covered that case. We love that case. That case is super fun, in our opinion. A lot of glowing weird lights and weird shit flying all over the place. What do you guys what do you guys like in a UFO story, Brandon yeah. John? What do you what gets your motor running when you first hand accounts UFO of people story? that I believe what gets your lighthouse beacon? First hand accounts of people that I think that they one hundred percent believe in what they're saying. Yeah. Um that doesn't yeah. mean that they're correct, and that doesn't mean they're not correct, but what they're saying is I I believe them. You know, and there are cases like that that I, you either do or don't believe. You know, it might be a UFO, it might be whatever. But that's the one. Firsthand accounts are important to me, um, and it's from people that truly believe that there there was something. And also, if there was investigations, investigations in them that were done correctly that have uh, evidence or photos, things like that. But I think firsthand accounts is important to me. 
most important. I'm a yeah. I'm a size guy uh, on our show. <laughs> yeah, we should have uh, um, known. I, I just you know size matters. Uh, on our show, we we often reference um, a, a quote by Travis Walton, where he said. This thing was so huge, it was bigger than a Walmart, and we actually measure things as they relate to the size of a Walmart. So any any UFO stories that involve UFOs that are so huge that they are deemed bigger than a Walmart, uh, those are my favorite. Wow. Oh, Over good, three Walmart-size... <laughs> Over three <laughs> Walmarts in size floating right over us. Dear God. Uh, um, well, we're, as we mentioned, we're gas boys. Uh, we're gassy men. And uh, Andy and I are usually into, we have this weird idea where we like the idea of UFOs that are some kind of material that isn't, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to register it. It wouldn't make sense to us. They're, their technology is so advanced. They're 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 on another level of the Kardashev scale that, uh, like they're like infrared or something. We can't even yeah. see them with our naked yeah. eyes. You know, there's some weird morphous gaseous thingamajig that just. Well, kinda... that's funny because you see those stories where the people are like are struggling to even describe what they saw, you know, or to put yeah, it in words. Yeah. And that's how you know when we get a lot of things where people were like, "Well, it was." It was this to me, and the next person next to him describes it completely different, but they, you know they saw the same thing. It's just the human condition, and and that is important, too, because if it was someone that you were thinking was uh, traversing time or space or dimension or something like that, we might not understand their technology, period. Right, yeah. Yeah, we also like the idea of extraterrestrials that aren't humanoid. At all. Yeah. yeah. Like that are, you know, like, I don't know, a sentient swarm of bees or something like. Uh, mm-hmm. What is know, it? Um, we, we one really... million ants from Rick and Morty or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> one of the like superheroes. I, John, yeah, what yeah. was that thing called? Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, it was in their their version no, of I the Avengers. It was like one million. Ants. Right. It was from the third yeah. season and they they're doing something. And the, one of the guys is. But that's what you want. Uh, you want yeah, to see shit like, like a million that. ants. That's what we want. That's what we want. Or we saw an old Disney movie where they drew a cartoon. The Vindicators. Of- yeah, yeah, that was the yeah. um, the, the, the team. Uh, I don't remember the particular guy's name, but they were they were uh, they were the Vindicators. There was the uh, uh, the 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 train the train guy Ghost Train. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> They had like they had very funny uh, and uh, what was he like a crocubot? <laughs> <laughs> so you say you were watching a right, Disney uh, movie and they drew something. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they had this this alien life form that it's like a it's like a circular extraterrestrial. It like flies through the air and it flips its body to magnify the sun's light and it like cooks its prey. It's a predator. Oh, well. And then it like swoops down and eats it. It was it was this old like from the fifties. This like what would life be like on Mars? Yeah. Kind of like old school animation. And they they just had all these like really interesting ideas. Like these uh, the the whole thing would be made of like these weird like crystalline structures. You'd have weird like semi organic kind of just bizarre things that wouldn't make any sense just tell us the truth you were watching fantasia on mushrooms <laughs> well yes all right Listen, you found us that's out. also called watching fantasia it's just that's that's how you watch it <laughs> <laughs> how else do you watch it i mean 
That is true, brooms. though. Like, we are so into this whole uh, bipedal humanoid in some way. And what if, you know, yeah. we meet them and they're gaseous or they're made of light or or whatever. And we're weird to them and disgusting, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or, you know. I mean, it makes no sense to be bipedal. It makes may- way more sense to be gaseous. <laughs> you, could go if, you could fit anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I don't know. Anytime anybody describes the alien, it's like, oh, it was a gray alien. I'm like, come on, lazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you could at least make up something. Yeah. <laughs> Use a little imagination here. He was a gray alien, but he was wearing like a funny little hat, like a little <laughs> yeah. fez hat. He had a top hat and uh, <laughs> spats. Yeah, and a little, little mustache. And he was uh, <laughs> trying to get me to play Monopoly and buy a park place. <laughs> um, well, boys, I mean, uh, I don't know. Is there any other main points that we kind of want oops, We kind of want to discuss on the Rendlesham Forest case? Is there any other uh, major incidents on this that you know you think is uh something fun to bring up or uh i think the people if they really want to learn some more listen to the 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 whole tapes um they're not that long yeah you can you know, i think it's like 18 no. minutes i think you even said that you know and um they they do skip around they stop and start but you can kind of get a, an idea of what's going on as they're talking um yeah and just uh <laughs> you know don't don't be a yes man or a no man when you go into stories like this um, it's like you said, you want you hear it, you want to believe it, but try to keep an open mind and let them let it flesh itself out. And just cause John and I say, you know, on our show and on here too, like, Oh, we don't believe in it. That doesn't mean you can't, it doesn't mean you shouldn't, you know, whatever you want to yeah, do, that's that's as cool. long as you're using a scientific or open-minded approach to it, I'm happy with you. Uh, just don't yeah. be like, I believe him, yo. I don't know why, but I do. And fuck you if you don't, Brent and John. <laughs> Come over there and I'll fucking rewire your bidet. <laughs> Shoot you up through the roof. <laughs> fucking Brent and John. You know, one aspect of this case that I haven't seen really explored a lot is what's the possibility that uh, what everybody experienced uh, in Rendlesham uh, was actually... Um, Santa Claus crashing his sleigh. <laughs> I mean, this was the Christmas holiday. Uh, is it possible that Santa had too much eggnog uh, in London and crashed in the forest in Suffolk? I mean, Andy, I think you're hitting on something that people are afraid to talk about. Yeah, yeah, the truth is out there. <laughs> we always say on our show, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. That's right. Yeah, you can catch that. That's Hysteria 51 podcast, Hysteria51.com. Hysteria 51. Or gofopedia.com. If you listen to our show, that'll make sense. Fourthhandmedia.com. <laughs> Go forthpedia. Gofopedia. When we always give the, you, know, like you, you love the tagline. We always call the taglines the Gofopedia instead of Wikipedia. John, go forth, gofopedia. Ah, so gotcha. literally John bought <laughs> well, that it's clever. domain name. It's man. clever. Yeah. <laughs> gofopedia. .com will get you to our website as well. Well, boys, I mean, uh, I think I think there's nothing else we can get to here besides our verdicts. And you're kind of, I mean, we kind of, as Andy likes to say, we kind of killed Hamlet in the first. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> so, uh, but we still, we have to, we got to give the whole enchilada on this case. And that means we got to give our verdicts and we have to use. The bunker scale. Now we'll we'll maybe we'll kind of explain it to you boys. I think I think we know where you'll uh you'll kind of be on the scale, but it, it's a scale of plausibility with plausible. This story is plausible being right in the middle. On the right side, 
you have case confirmed. This thing is 100% true. On the left side, you got case closed. There's no way there's any truth to this. And then, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different measurements in between if you want to pick. But I think <laughs> we know where you guys are falling on this one. So, uh, Andy, do you maybe want to go first? Give a little verdict? And then, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I can I can I can start things off. Cue it here. up for our guests. I mean, we talked about the we talked about the issues, I think, with this one. Issues. And I guess I don't really, you know, it's like you said, all right, I want to believe. It's like you, you hear penis tons story and it's <laughs> it's interesting. It's and intriguing. It's a ton of dick. It's a ton. It turned out to be a ton of dick. And, you know, at the end of the day, like. He should have dropped the whole UFO thing and gone into a career in porn. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. He had the name already. He wouldn't have to change his name even. Uh, Could have changed his first name to Richard, though. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just not super compelled by this story. And I tend to give a lot of weight to, like, what the Suffolk police say when they're saying it's rabbit things. It's. (laughs) It's just uh, it's just a bunch of rabbits. Calm towers. It's 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 so it's just a fucking lighthouse. Yeah. So I'm gonna go case closed. I mean, simple wow. as that. I I'm not. I don't feel the wiggle room in this one. Even would not have guessed. It you on know. That so one. I'm going case closed all the way. All the way. Um, Brent and John, would you guys like to give a verdict? I mean, you can do it individually or as a group. I think John, you can sum it like up for us. I think you, you got this under gonna... control. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. What were my very? What were my choices? So you get the- you get case closed if you think there's no plausibility that this was real. This was a real UFO at all. Plausible or or case confirmed. I'm gonna go ahead and give it. <laughs> oh, two bobbies and some Vegemite. No. Uh. I'm going to <laughs> give it a case closed. Now, hold on. This is wow. uh, we, Wouldn't we, it be Marmite I, over there, John? Let's get it right. Uh, you're right. I <laughs> fucked it up. Oh John. no, John! Now you gotta cut go it. Start over. Starting over. <laughs> I know. I listen. I, I, I and I don't edit. So and I'm not. I don't allow people to edit me. So we're starting over from scratch, from the top. Let's go. Here we Welcome go. Welcome in, All right, guys. We'll do Back it live. Bunk funkers. Yeah. Today we've got a. <laughs> yeah. And no, did we mention closed. the tension? We, uh, we said the same thing on our show when we did the topic. We, uh, we thought it was interesting. Thought it could be some cool shit happening. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit more than just the lighthouse, but not, uh, not, not aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think unfortunately I'm going to have to echo what all, all three of you said, and I'm also going to give it a, a case closed here. It's a fun one for me. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's making my, my, it's, this is more interesting to me than Lake and Heath Bentwaters. Really? Yes. This wow. is, this beats out Lake and Heath Bentwaters for me big time. Wow. Because you got, you know, you got Peniston saying like all this crazy shit about the craft. I like that stuff. I like the fun imagery. Uh, I like this weird metallic craft with like these like raised. Yeah, I love like the hieroglyphs that you hear in so many different stories. Yeah, there's like hieroglyphs and then they like decoded the binary and it's all gobbledygook. It doesn't make any sense. It's just like a bunch of locations and I like that stuff. That stuff's fun. Um, But it, you know, yeah, it's I mean, when you go to the lighthouse and you start picking stuff apart. Like you said, it's just not there for me. But hey, those were our verdicts. Bunkfuckers, let us know what you think. Use the hashtag, uh, I'll throw one out here, Tenderham, Tenderforestham. <laughs> yeah. Like that Why one? not? Sure. <laughs> Use the hashtag Tenderforestham and let us know what you think. Uh, you know, you can email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at MrBunkerPod. We got YouTube. And if you feel so inclined, you could always donate on Patreon, patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. But more importantly than all that is, 
are wonderful, wonderful, wow. wonderful guests that we have today. And John and Brent um, from Mysteria 51. So, yeah. And <laughs> Brent and John from Mysteria 51 are, they're all right. They're all right, guys. They do a good, okay. They, they show up. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's like I'm hearing my wedding <laughs> vows all over. <laughs> no, it, do you guys have anything big you want to plug? Go ahead, plug. I mean, Hysteria51.com. Uh, please listen to Hysteria 51. They are good friends of ours and they were um, gracious enough to let uh, us on their show. And uh, that was a lot of fun and they are great guys. And if there's, is there anything else you guys want to plug? Um, for your well, show? you said anything big, uh, you know, for us, it would need to be larger than a Walmart. Right? That's right. So, so for now, no, no, we, uh, I was telling you it's, 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 it's a podcast. I was telling you before we New started. New episodes every Monday. Sorry, I was, I was telling you before we started, we had so many dates this year. We were doing live shows. Normally at this time of year, we'd be doing our end of the year uh, Krampus live show. Uh, 2020 right. has been a buzzkill, so we don't really. Uh, yeah, every Monday yeah. we have new episodes come out, so make sure you can listen, like he said, everywhere you listen to your podcasts. And uh, yeah, you, if you are on Facebook, just search for Hysteria Nation. That is our, our discussion group. We'd love to have everyone in there and have some fun with that, too. It's a good time in there. It's good times had by all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a member. I'm, That's right. And you can uh, get made and you can get made fun of by the third host of our show, Conspiracy Bot. You, <laughs> how can we familiar, forget Conspiracy a, uh, Bots? Yeah, he's an they... angry robot bent on world domination who really just drinks a lot and sits in Brent's basement. Yeah, how come Seabot didn't guest? We don't want to do that. Too, oh, we you know? don't. We don't allow that. Yeah, that's that's just a, we did it once, and you, well, let's just put it this way: you haven't heard from that podcast again. He <laughs> <laughs> did have a wonderful. Uh, speaking of hysteria nation, he did have a post on there that I thought was hilarious. Just a random uh, Seabot said yesterday. Just a reminder that Care Bears have eyes facing forward, a trait evolved for predators, not prey. <laughs> 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 that kind of sums him up. Uh, yeah. Wow. Nicely. Yeah. yeah nicely. <laughs> Apropos. I mean, it nicely done there. Yeah. Um, yes. Please check out a safety one. Um, and I think, I think that's it for us. Yeah. Here. Thank you guys so, for having us uh, very, very, very much. It was a lot of fun and uh, thanks for putting up with us. Yes. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks guys. So glad to have you. Well, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my Lorne. Oh, Co-host Sandy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Hysteria51.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. 
Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.